Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. You know, here's what this is about. Let your roots grow down into Him. Draw up nourishment from Him so you will grow in faith. That's Colossians 2.7, and that's what we're here to do. We'll help you to grow your faith. And if you're not receiving that daily email devotion that I send out every day, go to our website, myfaithroots.com and sign up and you're not going to get bombarded with requests for funds and we're not asking for money on this. It's a free devotion we want to send to you every day and uh, it'll help you to grow in your faith with God. And by the way, subscribe to our channel. Be sure to ring the bell and hit the like button. That'll help us out a whole lot. The covenant's a promise. Ephesians chapter 2, if you haven't gotten it by now, chapter 2 verse 12, 26 translations is where I'm taking my text. You had no connection with Christ. You were excluded from the commonwealth of Israel outside of God's covenants and the promise that goes with them. Now, when God made this covenant that we're talking about with Abram, and um, he called Abram from this family of idol worshipers from over in Babylonia and brought him to the land of Canaan, God made this covenant unconditional. In other words, once God made the promise, there was nothing Abram could do to screw it up. Even when he failed, God was still on his side. He didn't have to meet a ruthless standard to keep God's favor. Now, he actually did fall short a few times in doing this. And the Bible says after he came into the land of promise, I mean, here we are, he just barely gets there in Genesis chapter 12. And we read here in verse 10, Now there was a famine in the land. Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was so severe. So Egypt was a little bit more famine-proof because of the Nile River. And Abram went down there. Now this is fascinating to me because God had supernaturally appeared to him, told him to go to the land of Canaan. He goes to the land of Canaan. God appears to him once he gets there, promises to give him the land, and then what happens? Boom! Famine hits. Well, guess where that famine came from? The famine came from the devil. And this was an attack of Satan to threaten the promised family, the family that is going to bring us the Messiah. And nobody is immune from an attack of the enemy. And you see, it hits even Abram. He's hit with this famine. And uh, so it was so severe that they had no choice but to go to Egypt. And when they neared Egypt, listen to this, as he was about to enter, he said to his wife, Sarai, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. Then they'll kill me, but they'll let you live. So say you're my sister. And she was his half-sister, but, but, but the fact that she was also his wife... That would have kept them from doing certain things. So that I will be treated well for your sake and my life will be spared because of you. Now God has told Abram, I'm going to keep you safe. I'll bless him who blesses you. I'll curse him who curses you. But he didn't believe that. Uh, He probably would give lip service to it, but he's not really fully ready to put his trust in that. And so he has given in to fear. And so what does fear always do? Always, always, always. Fear brings about compromise. And if you start becoming fearful, you will compromise in areas where you have no business compromising. You, you, you'll win if you just stay the course, but you'll compromise. 
And so uh, he compromised in such a way as to put his wife's honor in jeopardy. Now listen, Sarah was as chosen for the fulfillment of God's promise as Abraham was. God is going to use her inability to have children for his purposes. God wants a miracle family to begin his covenant work in planted earth. And what better way to do it than to give a child to a man who can no longer father children and to a woman who could not give birth to children from the very beginning. And so God had his eyes on Sarah as well as Abraham. And the two of them figured critically in this. Well, she was good looking and sure enough, the Egyptians saw her. They took her into the harem. They paid Abraham for her. In those days, you paid for your wife, and they gave him all kinds of stuff and, and really uh, uh, loaded him down so that uh, uh, she could go into the harem. Now, fortunately, there was a time period uh, between the time she was taken and actually presented to the Pharaoh, and uh, we don't know how long that was, but, but probably a fairly lengthy time. And uh, this is what happened. God moved. God moved on Sarah's behalf, or I call her Sarah, Sarai at the time. And he, can, he, he saved her honor, and he kept her from being taken to the Pharaoh. And listen to this, Genesis 12, 17, the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. So why did he do this? Well, the stake of, the, uh, of salvation for the whole world is figured in. I mean, if... if something happens here to Sarai, then the whole plan of God is off. The Messiah can't come. This is about saving the world. If you think this is not fair for Pharaoh, it had been even worse. There would have been no place for Pharaoh to ever come to faith at all in God. Uh, so the Messiah is coming through this family. Now, what we see is that this plague that came on Pharaoh, which he eventually sent Sarah back and and uh, sent her and Abram out of the country. This set a pattern for Abram's offspring. And this is another law of Scripture. It's a law of biblical interpretation, hermeneutics, whatever you want to call it. But in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 1, it says, The thing that hath been is what shall be. That very often God repeats himself. God does things more than once. Uh, out of Egypt have I called my son. Uh, Abram came out of Egypt. The children of Israel came out of Egypt. Guess who else came out of Egypt? Jesus himself came out of Egypt because he had to go there to flee an attack of Satan right after he was born when Herod wanted to kill him. And so you see three times God had to bring someone out of Egypt that had to do with the Messiah. Actually, third time it was the Messiah, but the first two times it was the group of people that would bring us the Messiah. And so Abram was fulfilling a, 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 an event that would happen twice more in the thousands of years that followed. Now, Pharaoh's house in all of Egypt refused to let Abram's family go later, and they were plagued. Now, Abram's family was not perfect, just like Abram wasn't perfect. And if God had made a conditional covenant, then immediately he would have had to say, Abram, it's over. You went down there to Egypt and you lied, and you told the Pharaoh this was your sister, 
and you didn't tell him she was your wife. I can't make covenant with a guy like that. Uh, buddy, you're done. But God didn't do that. He made an unconditional covenant. Because if God put conditions of perfection on this, this covenant doesn't even last one generation. Now later on, Abram began to measure up to this kind of standard, but it took him a while to grow into it. Yeah, that's what I love about the Lord. The Lord lets us grow. He helps us to grow. And that's why when you mess up, just ask God to forgive you and get up and start walking again. Get up and follow Christ again. Get up and go to church again. Pray again. Don't, you know, it amazes me how people will do six weeks of penance after they've sinned and they won't talk to God or they won't let themselves do anything spiritual. Don't be that way. It's foolish. There's, listen, if you've done something to harm somebody, then you go make that right. But if you've sinned against the Lord, get right back up after you've asked for mercy and, and God wants to restore you. So when God led the children of Israel out of Egypt, uh, they too failed. And God could have said, I'm done with the Israelites. I'm done with these people. They have failed. They, they're full of unbelief, but God didn't. He had mercy on them and He patiently kept them alive so that their children could possess the land of Canaan. So the Messiah could come through the land of Canaan. Now, God always sees the long game. You know... Has it ever occurred to you that God's blessing on you may be for your son or your daughter? You know, I'm old enough now to see the hand of God on my children. And I see my children doing amazing things for the cause of Christ. And I am so thrilled as a parent to see them have a knowledge of God and then there's nothing that can please a father more. Deliva and I are thrilled at what we see. And we love our children dearly. And we realize, you know, God may have called us just to raise these kids. If, if that's the biggest, most important thing we ever did, then th that's not a bad thing. I think sometimes we get caught up in thinking that we have to do something great. You know, in the book of Malachi, the, the Word tells us that the reason that God brought us together as husband and wife is so that He could have a godly seed come out of us. It might be your grandson. It might be your grandson. I went to my grandma's church when I was 17 years old when I first got saved. I, she had no idea. She had no idea what was coming. If I could have sat down beside her, put my arm around her and said, Grandma, you know, I'm going to have a nationally syndicated children's TV show. There won't be any place I can go in America without some kid recognizing me because I'm going to have that much of an impact on kids. Grandma, I'm going to write children's ministry curriculum. It's going to go to 60 different nations. People are going to use my stuff all over the world and teach boys and girls how to know Christ. Grandma, I'm going to train personally 250,000 children's workers and teach them how to teach kids. Grandma, I'm going to pastor a church someday. I'm going to pastor a church that will uh, have 10,000 people in it, Grandma. I'm going to do that. Grandma, we're going to have services at that church on a weekend where a 1,000 people in a single weekend will come to faith in Christ. She could not have imagined it. The little church, that, and I thought it was a huge church when I went there, about 200 people. 
But that little church of 200 people was, was huge in her eyes. She could never have imagined what was going to come. And we're not even talking about my brother who <laughs> travels all over America and teaches the Word of God in churches all over the country. And all of our kids are, I don't know, 15, 20 of us now that are ministers. But the thing that I want you to see is that God has a purpose for you. God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your kids. He wants to bless your family. Don't you give up hope because there is imperfection because the covenant God made with Abraham was an unconditional covenant. To be sure, you can receive more of God's blessings when you obey, but God doesn't give up on you just because you stumble. Well, that is all the time I have for today's message, but I want you to be sure to plug in to tomorrow. Make sure you're signed up for the email at myfaithroots.com. Hit the like button, subscribe to the video, and make sure uh, that uh, you ring the bell and we send you notifications because we want you to, to be able to share this with other people and uh, edify and encourage one another as you listen to the Word together. Thank you so much. I'll catch you next time.